One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the third preseason episode of Supercoach Edge, where we'll be analysing the uh, the forwards in this instalment. We're on the home stretch through this beefy line by line analysis, <laughs> and I think, uh, much like the defenders, Liam, there are some absolute doozies here. Yes, there are some very juicy options in the forwards. I think this is the year I'm most excited about the forwards ever. I, I, I yeah. normally, as I always say, I hate forwards, but I think this year, <laughs> you and I both. <laughs> this year, I'm actually, I think. It's quite interesting. Like, I think there's a lot of... I actually was looking at my draft team. I'm pretty sure I don't have a non-mid forward playing. They're all mid oh, really? forward. Yeah. Oh, wow. BPP. Uh, I'm going to so, have a quick look at that in a second. But, yeah, I think I'm pretty much... On the bench, the maybe same. not. On the bench, maybe not. They're all DPP um, on my field. Yeah, my bench only has... I mean, it's a rookie, so it's, it's just a placeholder at this stage, but... Yeah, they're all mid-forwards, which is nice. Wow. Well, I've got uh, all – actually, sorry, I've got three, four – four of my six are mid-forwards, one yeah. of which is a ruck forward. You can probably guess who that is. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is a rookie. So it could be uh, Ben King, could be another guy, and it could be another guy who is also a mid-forward. Um, but, yeah, that's not set in stone, obviously. So I, I could be joining you with uh, yeah. with a full, full spread of uh, mid-forwards. Yeah, maybe um, that's why but, I like it so much because it's actually just picking <laughs> midfielders, not forwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But mind you, I've only got one midforward in my midfield, which is kind of like last year as well. I think I was struggling to find someone yeah, that could likewise. swing from the midfield to the forward line. So I might have to restructure that, but uh, uh, who knows? The, uh, kind of the early stage of the year, you don't really worry about it because, I mean, it's you're kind of upgrading the guys that aren't DPP. Exactly. So yeah, uh, not too bad. But um, I just want to ask you quickly, as I, I did last week, Many changes to your team, or have you settled? This week, not as much. Many. So this is a week since we recorded, just for everyone listening. I yep. think a week and a day. I don't think I've had as many. I think maybe one or two changes. Um, uh, one or two changes that have I've kept, but yep. maybe two or three that I just trialed a player and then said, no, nope, put it back. 
So yeah, okay. not many. I've kept it pretty, pretty, pretty standard this week. I think I've only changed one player out of my entire yeah. team in a week's. So I'm kind of like, I'm almost settled. Even though I've got cash in the bank, as uh, as how old um, theme song motto goes. Yeah, I think I am tempted to sort of work it around a bit, but I'm very happy with the structure, which uh, yeah, okay. which we'll be running through potentially in the next episode when we go through uh, structures and strategies and stuff. But um, I'm just gonna just gonna stay settled. I think part of the reason last year why I just went crazy was just the the changes, and I come round one like there was still changes like an hour or two before the game, which, yeah, I want to feel settled. I want to feel settled. But anywho, that's uh, that's kind of part and parcel of Supercoach, isn't it? Mm, definitely. Definitely. Last minute changes. Yeah. But uh, let's uh, jump in. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, obviously, welcome. Um, you'll find us, obviously, on YouTube if you are watching us on YouTube. And you can f- make sure to like and subscribe uh, to make sure you never miss out. Uh, I think it's Supercoach Edge on YouTube. On Twitter, you'll find yep. us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Damon at DamoJ88. Myself at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Search Supercoach Edge and you will find us there. Yes. And now if you're tuning in and thinking, where the hell is the analysis of the midfielders, the defenders, and the rucks? Well, that means you've missed our first three episodes. So feel free to jump in your DeLorean. That is the time machine for those of you uh, born in the, the, the 2000s and don't know what we're referencing. It is uh, Back to the Future. And try to get your hands on a Supercoach Edge Almanac, which we could probably release down the track. Mm. Um, or alternatively, you, you could just, you know, go back and listen and watch the previous two or three uploads uh, via YouTube or via podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast, etc. Yes, and we should also make mention of the fact that we are awfully, awfully close to the first giveaway milestone trigger which we have set at 250 yeah. subscribers i think at the time of recording we're at about 222 off memory yeah but it reached uh, about 222 yeah. oh very nice anyway <laughs> thank you to those that have subscribed so far and we do appreciate anyone who subscribes from here on out because once we do trigger that 250 subscriber mark we will be doing a little bit of a giveaway as a way of celebration and a big thanks to all of you in the Supercoach Edge community. Absolutely. It's a simple act of just, you know, pressing a button, a little uh, little red button. There's a couple of ways to do it on YouTube. Um, and if you're on listening to us on podcast, venture across to the YouTube channel and join in. Um, Get the full because, experience. Yeah, exactly right. Get the full experience, the visuals, the graphics, everything else. We've kind of tried to step it up a notch in 2023. But um, yes, it, it could pay off for you very soon once we hit that mark. So make sure to subscribe there. And... As is the tried and tested formula now across these analysis episodes, we'll be looking at which of the primos present the most value, who presents the most upside, which mid prices could be on the cusp of a breakout year, and which rookies we're keeping an eye on before we see any exposed form in the preseason. So, Liam, let's jump into it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Yes, let's jump in with the forwards, and we'll, we'll chat about the uh, the primos to kick off and uh, I might jump in with the most expensive forward primo this year. Mm -hmm. And it is 596.4K. It is Josh Dunkley moving from the doggies up to Brisbane. And now in terms of value, he is priced at an average of 108.3, but he does have a three round, sorry, a three year average of 105. So he is slightly overpriced based on that average. I mean, he's, he's an interesting one, I guess, in terms of, the role he's been playing, but I think good a new club. Uh, given what we saw from him last year, I think he has potential to increase 
that average or at least maintain it at the very least mm. this year. And I, you'd expect that he would also potentially get more opportunity through the middle, which would help his scoring. He has the buy in round 12 with the first buy with the uh, with the Lions. Um, and in terms of careers and upside, there's always that question whenever a player moves club, there's a question about what effect does this have on their scoring? However, this should be a net positive you'd expect for Dunks, potentially helping to push close to his 2019 average of 116. And there's really no reason to expect that he won't do this. Moving to the line should give him some room in the midfield, out of that stacked midfield at the Dogs. I mean, there's still a few midfielders at the Lions that you would expect that he probably has to come up against, but not to the same extent. And I think uh, the other benefit with Dunks is still a capable scorer when he is playing that mid forward role. Like he's not, it doesn't Mm. fall away like you do see with a few other players. So I'm not as concerned. I think, think, think the upside's there. I think he's worth paying up for. And I think the fact that he's just such high ownership, if he does go bang, you are behind the eight ball if you don't have him. Um, Mm. And if he doesn't go bang, then everyone else is in the same position as you. So it's not going to hurt you as much. So at this stage, in terms of verdict, he is a lock and load and you are paying for the quality. Are you paying for quality? You are paying up for it, but it's it's probably worth it in the end. Yep. No, I totally agree. I think there's a, there's a few people out there that have reservations over how he's going to fit into the Lions midfield and it's fair enough, but there is sort of guys that are going by the wayside. There's like Jared Lyons is one. He kind of fell out of favour late in um, 2022. Uh, but you'd think with Dunks' quality, uh, he's going to provide so much more pressure and, you know, obviously loves to tackle and whatnot as well, which kind of gives him that base. And yeah, that you mentioned there that average uh, of 116.5, which is kind of the height of, uh, of what, he's, what he's able to achieve uh, over the years. If he can, you know, make up, that's a eight point average differential uh, on what he was averaged last year. Um, so yeah, if you can hit that average, as you say, probably easier to start with him. And then if he doesn't get off to a fly, you could always downgrade him. But fading the highest price player in this case is going to be so much harder to get him into your team if you don't start him and you're going to be behind the eight ball because he is going to be one of the most owned players uh, in the competition, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And just looking at, I guess, sorry, just quickly, the CBAs for 2022 at Brisbane, it was Lockie Neal with 85 highest. And then Oscar McInerney, 69, obviously Ruckman. Jared Lyons was the next highest with 65. Cubic Luggage, 55. Uh, Reese Matheson, uh, 44. Devin Robertson with 38. And he's only played, you know, a handful of games there. Cam Rayner was still 25%. Zach Bailey, 21%. Zorko, 20. I really think he's got opportunity to, yeah, take probably Lyons' spot to an extent. He sort of fell out of favour a little bit towards the end of the year. Maybe he also gets a little bit of McLuggage where McLuggage can be pushed out to that wing role, which um, I think he's a bit more damaging in. Yeah, so I'm not too worried in terms of CBAs. But even then, with that being said, as he's he's a capable scorer without without it anyway. Yep, spot on. He is a lock and load for me as well. Uh, moving on to uh, Stephen Canilio, and he is priced at 557.7K. In terms of his value, he is priced at an average of 103.3. His best average since 2018, so his price comes at overs for his three-year average. Yep. However, if we look at his scores post-Leon Cameron, the Leon Cameron eras uh, <laughs> would be known as, when Cogs did go into uh, his natural midfield role, his average is actually 111. So um, mm. probably... 
better to take closer attention to that because it's maybe more of a true average uh, in that sense there. Um, so it's like, it's like uh, what's it called? Is it it's BC before Christ? Yeah, BC and AD. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, what were you going to call it after Leon? After yeah. a, after LC, ALC, ALC, <laughs> BLC, BLC before Leon Cameron. So let's refer to it as that from now on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of his buy, he does have the round 15 buy, which is, of course, the fourth buy. In terms of his queries and upside, so if we were to extrapolate out that 111 average, which we spoke of for the rest of the year, 2022 would have been a super coach career best season for him. So it's hard to see him increasing his average uh, off the back of that. But as he is priced at 103.3 average, there's an argument that uh, he's actually unders. And also, mm. you know, there is that obvious um fact that Hopper and Taranto have left the Giants and uh, as a new coach in Kingsley. So we'll have to wait and see what his role is, you know, as it plays out really. Because as we know, during Leon Cameron's uh, reign, he was pushed a little bit forward outside of the midfield, did the same with Kelly as well. Um, So you could probably ask the same question of Kelly heading into the season. But yeah, I mean, there's enough vacancies there where they do need quality and experience in, in the engine room. So you'd think that uh, at the very least, his numbers should rival that of, of uh, last year when Leon Cameron wasn't there. So in terms of verdict, he's almost a lock and load if you can fit him into your team, that is. So let's see what role he has, but the upside mm. is definitely there. Yep, definitely. I don't mind him as a pick. Um, it's going to be hard to fit him in with sort of everyone else. Mm. Um, I think you're really having to pick him or Dunks probably. Yeah. And I do see merit in picking him over Dunks. I'm not personally like I'm not personally doing it. I think it's a bit of a coin toss. Um, I think his role. I can't see him losing a midfield role, but the only qu- query would be just obviously a new coach. But you'd expect with Hopper and Taranto both leaving that there's definite need for Cogs to remain in the mids. But yeah, you don't know. Uh, it's 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 hard to it's hard to know without seeing seeing it with a new coach. So I think there's there's definite merit there, as you said. Is if he can maintain that 111 average from post Leon Cameron, uh, BLC, uh, he, he, ALC, ALC, sorry, not BLC, ALC, uh, he is, yeah, he's, he's, he's priced at unders, really. He's priced, yep. what, eight, eight points under. Yep. It's not bad, not bad. But, uh, let's, let's move on to, oh, probably my least favorite forward, I want to say, of this list. <laughs> Oh yeah, we've had a history is, with uh, with this yeah, man, haven't we? Exactly. It is <laughs> Isaac Heaney. Uh 557.1k, my never again list. Don't care. Yep. He could he could be the top scoring forward and I would not pick him. Um <laughs> Heaney his value. What value? Uh Heaney's yeah. 101.2 average in 2022 it was a career best, but was it his breakout year? He's probably priced at slight overs in terms of value when considering his three-year average. Uh he's the 12 uh the first buy in round 12. And in terms of queries and upside, the main query for Heaney is, I guess, whether his 2022 season is what we can expect from him going forward or is was it just an out-of-the-box year? It's always going to be hard to say. Uh, but the other key – so that's one thing. The other key query for me is around his ceiling. Not just his, – his game has a big ceiling, but he also has a, has a low floor. Uh, he had four games below 80, two of which were in the 50s. Um, with that being said, he did turn up 13, in 13 of his 22 games, including two 140 plus games. So big opportunity there. I do the other query. I know he played, he played every game last year. Oh, he played, played full, full, uh, full 22 games. Full, yeah, for wow. the first time. It's yeah. interesting. 
Yeah. Maybe he's past it. Maybe he's, mm. he's past his injury issues. But that's, I guess, the other query that I always have is just Teeny is synonymous with some sort of injury. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one that I probably, in terms of verdict, probably not a surprise. It's not a lock and load for me at his price. Um, and with the first buy, you can probably wait to target him mid-season. Um, but I, yeah, I, it's he's just a player that I just don't want to pick. Yeah. It's just hard. It's hard. And it's it's basically just a gut feel for me with him, really. Yeah, I'm very much the same as well. Like he's, he's burned both of us over the years, so we are a little bit jaded in that sense. But, yeah, you're totally right. I think the one thing that sticks out to me is the fact that he is priced at 101.2 2022 average, yet yeah. his three-year average is 92.9. So yeah. I think he's yeah he's almost – yeah, he's nine points over virtually um, what he should be priced at historically – uh, what we think anyway. And yeah, like his previous two averages prior to last year was 83.5 and a 94. So I think he is definitely, that's kind of his peak. Um, yeah. I can't see him really elevating that much more. Uh, and he got very lucky. We could, we could go through and break down his year um, game by game, but there was a stretch of games there where he got super lucky with um, gimme goals late in the game. And he got rewarded like massive points, which is really yeah. strange when the game was done and dusted in the Swans favor. Um, so I think in terms of that, it kind of overinflates his overall average and his, uh, his price in turn as well. So I'll be looking yeah. elsewhere as well. Agreed. <laughs> and I think I haven't seen him in many teams, like again, anecdotal, mm. I haven't seen him in many people's draft teams. So I think it's almost like that, other issue of him not being picked by a heap of people, it has that same issue of like yeah. if he gets injured, it affects you disproportionately to other players. But also just he's $600 cheaper than Cogs. Cogs is a much more sure yeah. hit to me. So I would I would certainly be going for Cogs instead of Heaney. Yeah, based that's off a that. fair point. Yeah, there's there's more chance of, of Cogs elevating his ceiling without Hopper and Taranto there getting more mid, mid, mid minutes and CBAs as yeah. opposed to Heaney virtually playing the exact same role um, and being reliant upon kicking goals up forward with exactly. a bit of, you know, bit of time in the middle and pushing up the ground. But uh, let's move on to the next option in line and it is Dylan Moore priced at 531k on the dot. In terms of his value, he is priced at an average of 946 uh, it was his best season by almost 20 points. So it's really hard to say if he's good value at this price um, in isolation. Uh, it could be, you know, the first season of many to come where yeah. he averages around about that score. But yeah, having said that, it's the only sort of snapshot that we've got of the one season. So it's hard to really gauge. In terms of the buy, he's got the round 14 buy, which is the third buy overall. And then looking at his queries and upside, uh, despite being a top eight forward by season's end, his scores are actually quite varied. And, and Liam, you've written down a few uh, stats here. Yeah, I went a bit crazy um, here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's it's kind of, it is like it's all over the shop. It kind of, I guess the good range is kind of in the, the middle. Um, but I'll just quickly run through it. Um, so it's 140 plus. He scored once. Between 130 and 140, he did once. 120, 130 was once. 110 to 120 was twice. 100 and 110, he scored four times in that range. Between 90 and 100, five times. 80 and 90, three times. Between 7 and 80, two times. Between 60 and 72 times. And under 60, just once. So, you know, he's got a good sort of flaw in that sense, I think, for the role that he plays. Yeah. But it's probably dependent upon, yeah, the role that he plays, really. Is he, is he going to be maintaining CBAs like he did, uh, like he was gifted, I guess, last season by, uh, by Sammy Mitchell? So... Uh, that's hard to gauge. Sorry, just on that, you'd expect maybe to an extent he does. I mean, 
just having a quick look at his numbers, Dylan Moore uh, really only hit the midfield uh, with CBAs after round 15. Uh, So he averaged 16 for the season, but he did have some big numbers, 60, 61, 73 in the back end of the season. So, I mean, he didn't, didn't have terrible numbers, but it's hard to pick him. Yeah. Mm. He's, yeah. It's, I think it's too, too many queries. I think for me at yeah. this stage, it kind of falls into that category of like how many queries are hanging over a player's head. And for me, the big one for me when it comes to all players is apart from durability is like the role in the team. And if it's up in the air and he's only been sort of thrown into a new role sparingly last year, there's nothing to really say that it's going to continue. Um, despite the fact that he did actually play well, who knows, like with the, um, exclusion of, you know, Tom Mitchell and Yago Amira and stuff. Could it then opt that he's given more CBAs? Yes, maybe, but it's not guaranteed. So for me, based upon that, I'm going to avoid him at the stage uh, at that price point. Too much of a risk. Like you say, he's only, you know, 26K away from selecting Cogs. So I'd prefer to go for him over uh, over Dylan Moore. Yeah, and I guess looking at his scores, round 17, uh, 60 CBAs, scored 135. Round 18, um, 61 CBAs, scored 113. Like it does go up, but then there's also games around 20. He has 45 CBAs at 69. Mm. Um, like it's not, it's not there's necessarily. There's a little bit of a correlation. but Yeah, there's a little not, bit, yeah. but it's still not quite as strong as I think it could be. Yep. Um, so at that price, again, not sure I would be picking him, especially when you consider the next player on the list who is mm. priced uh, 3K less uh, ish. 529.4K mid-forward eligible as well in Zach Butters. Um, I think you got a better pick there. Um, he's another forward with a career best season. <laughs> There's a lot of these going around this year. Uh, with an average of 96.2 in 2022. Yeah, it was a, seemingly a bit of a breakout season, so probably priced on par with expectations for him. Uh, he has his buy in the last round of the buyers, which is round 15. And uh, in terms of queries and upside, I guess the main query with Butters, uh, especially in recent seasons, is his durability. Um, Although he did play a career-high 20 games in 2022, despite having a couple of niggles at times, uh, he was averaging around the 50% CBAs in the first half of the season, but then really struggled for mid-minutes from round 12 onwards. Came good in the last five rounds of the year with five consecutive tons and three scores being 120-plus with CBAs also slowly on the rise over that time. I think the other thing is you'd probably expect Boak, who's getting on to probably reduce his CBAs. Boak had 61% CBAs on average over the season compared to Zach Butters, who only had 38. Um, yeah. So I, you'd expect that to see him get a few more. I mean, you'd also probably expect Rosie should get a few more, who we'll chat about shortly. Yep. So that's one thing to consider in terms of upside for Butters. Um, mm. In terms of verdict, he does lack a bit of consistency in his game with his scores fluctuating wildly at times, but he does have a very nice ceiling, um, which is good for a forward. So worth consideration, I think. But a spot on your side might come down to a decision between him and, uh, yeah, the next guy on the list too. I think I alluded to already. Yes. And uh, well, just quickly, that's um, with, with Butters. Absolutely. I think the one thing that sticks out is he lost his CBAs uh, after the buy, and he did cop a, a couple of niggles then in that stage in around 15 and 16 um, and then kind of fell away because I think they were kind of 
trying to protect his body at that stage, I think. And then his CBAs started to rise again. So I think, yeah, he will regain those CBAs, which he was getting in the first 11 rounds of the season. He was averaging around about, oh, quick maths, around about 50-odd thereabouts, uh, maybe 45, 50-odd. Um, so, yeah, there is definitely upside there. So and just quickly as well, looking at his, there's a bit of variance there. He does have that nice ceiling, but he also has four games that are below 60 um, mm. and a few games below 80 and 90. So it's it's not quite as straightforward, I think. Um, yeah. But increased mid-minutes, you'd expect him to increase his scoring, which would be good and what we're hoping for. But, yes, Absolutely. moving on. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I'm... I'm uh... I'm rushing to get to this guy here because I am very excited about him for the first time. And it's very strange. You, for me no, to say you that. shouldn't be excited here. <laughs> he's your Batman. I've, I've changed my ways. I've changed my ways. Uh, his name, actually, no, Buddies is my burn man because he burnt me after I traded him out. So they kind of switched roles in a sense. Yeah, true, um, true, true. Whereas Rosie, I was very, very close to getting him in, but I went for stupid Baker instead from uh, from Richmond. Mm. Uh, sliding doors moments. But yes, Connor Rosie is that man, and he is priced at 513.8K as, of course, uh, a D, DPP mid forward, which is always juicy, of course, as well, thrown in the mix. In terms of value, he did obviously break out in 2022 and showed what he's capable of in terms of output and role. For his buy, he has a round 15 buy, uh, which is the last buy, same as Butters, obviously, uh, in terms of queries and upside. So he looked to have gained a permanent role in the engine room mm. with 61% CBAs from round six onwards. Uh, nine out of 17 of those games were tons, and he did flash his ceiling with scores of 162, 154 and 153 and also was said to be a standout at Port's match sim earlier this month. So looks like a lock and load play if Port give him the keys to the engine room going forward. And I think there's enough indication there uh, yeah. that that will, uh, that will continue. He's had a taste of it. He's performed well in the role. So why wouldn't they? The CBAs stayed pretty consistent, really only had a floor of a 38. That was his lowest in round that 10. That was his yeah. lowest in round 10. Um, obviously, once he started getting bulk CBAs. And then from there, it was really mid, at least sort of his next lowest was sort of 40, mid 40s to mm. 50s. So I'm pretty confident that he'll he'll take up more of a role as well through that midfield. Um, and he is in my side currently, I'm pretty yep. sure. Can't remember. He's, <laughs> he's in mine as well. <laughs> uh, moving on, moving on to an, this is my bird man and he's Ooh. also on my side. Tim Taranto, 503.1K. I've got a history with him, uh, mm. but I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. You have to. I'm going to, if, if he burns me, it's going to come back up because he burnt me two <laughs> times. But uh, in terms burnt of value, a crisp. he did burn me to a crisp. I traded him out and he scored, what did he kick, like five goals the next week? Yeah, burnt to a jack crisp. And oh. then I, I brought him in and then yeah. um, he did, uh, did pretty well. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> To Timmy Taranto, in terms of value, he is price is virtually bang on with his three-year average of 91, identical to his 2022 average. Uh, has that final buy in round 15 as well. And in terms of queries and upside, he has battled with durability issues, but seems to overcome the back issue that plagued him most recently. Uh, he posted six tons from 16 games, but struggled with consistency upon his return in uh, 2022 has been swung forward by the Giants at times, hindering his CBA percentage. But I think we can rest assured he will be front and center in the engine room at the Tigers. And I'm pretty sure at their recent match sim, they said that the the three consistent mids were Cochin, Hopper, and Taranto. So mm. absolute music to our ears, I think. 
Um, yeah. And I think Dusty didn't play any, didn't have any CBAs, but sort of roamed through the middle during general play. And yep. that was it. I don't remember them. I don't remember any other comments from that game. In terms of verdict, uh, with a return to a full-time role in the middle for the Tigers, it's hard to resist Timmy Taranto as his uh, scoring ceiling could lift as a result. If he does have a full preseason, it's pretty much a lock and load for me. Um, yep. And his DPP is a cherry on top. Yep. No, I can't fault any of that. I don't know if you mentioned it there as well, but he, he posted the um, the best time in terms of uh, running. I don't know mm. if they did it, if it was 2K. Some some teams are doing a 2K. Other teams are doing a 3K. Just, just oh, wow. stick, stick to a formula, peeps. But mm. I'm pretty sure it was, I'm going to assume it was a 2K. They did one pre-Christmas and then post-Christmas and he uh, he smashed it both times as well. So nice. off the back of that, he's fighting fit. No back issues, no soft tissue injuries uh, that he's had in the past. So you've got to lock him in. Don't 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 be silly. Don't be uh, don't be cute by trying to do a, a bit of an antipod because I think he's one guy that everyone's going to jump on and he's going to explode. Yeah. Um, in a new new team, that's for sure. Um, with this one, Liam, I might throw it to you because he's someone that uh, that you actually threw into the run sheet. And I, I know you mentioned him in episodes gone by, but I know you've got a bit of a soft spot for him. So I'll, I'll pass I this do. one over to you. I do, Errol <laughs> Golden. Um, I think I've mentioned him in some recent weeks, uh, 472K, uh, obviously forward, um, probably slight value, but virtually on par in terms of his pricing has that round 12 buy, which is the first one. And he has had small runs through the middle at various stages and looks to have held his own stepping up his game in his second year. The only issue I do have with him is he only posted tons in five of his 22 games. That being said, when he does have the ability, he does have the ability to go big. Uh, he has had of those, you know, five tons, three were 120 plus. He has a ceiling, which is nice. Um, and of course, who can forget that early run in 2021 where he absolutely oh, yeah. killed it in his first year. Um, <laughs> in terms of verdict, he's one, sorry, just before I get there, I do want to pick him just because I kind of, I like the idea of, a bit of a, a pod, um, probably a bit, he's not too risky at his price. I think there's options for you to sort of get around him. Mm. Um, so it's not too bad, but I'm struggling to get someone at that price as, as my pod at this stage. Um, and in terms of verdict, obviously most would expect him to be a pod. Um, and he probably doesn't quite have this consistent ceiling to afford paying that price for him yet. Uh, maybe one for, for future years, but I really hope, this year um he can find a little spot for himself in, in my yep. side but i don't think he will he's one to watch during the preseason i think um especially if his role does show that he's gonna be playing a bit more through that midfield i think yep i'll, I'll i think i'll leave him to you in this case i've, I've got my eye on a couple of other uh, potential pods but mm. yeah he, he would most definitely be right up there because he's from memory anyway he's around about that price point of a darcy cameron himmelberg um yeah uh, obviously Taranto, who we just spoke of, but yeah, it's kind of, he's, he's sandwiched in between a few players there that he's going to like slip down a few rungs, I think, and just uh, go through to the keeper. So you might, uh, if you, if you jump on him and he, mm. he gets off to a flyer, geez, uh, we'll be, we'll be harping back to this very episode, Liam. So I'll, uh, I'll happily leave it to you if you want to jump on him though. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I'm going to have the funds to start him, but if yeah. someone else does and he gets off to a flyer, I'm going to live take, vicariously through. Yeah, I'm going to live vicariously through. <laughs> <laughs> so please let me know if you do it. <laughs> Build a shrine to Errol Goulden. <laughs> He's not even in your team. Uh, you'll be oh. trying to chase him to try and get him in your team for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. He's my last upgrade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, I finally got him. And then he gets injured. 
yeah. or something happens. It's always yeah, bad something luck. Something will happen. Yep. Uh, let's move on to uh, to mid prices now, and uh, there's one that tops the list um, just through pure fortune in terms of where he's priced at, and he's first cap off the rank. It is Nat Fife. Uh, he is priced at three thirteen point six k. And talking about value, it's a bit of an interesting one. This is kind of the sticking point when it comes to discussions around this guy. I think it could be huge value, but limited upside, if that makes sense. So we'll we'll get into, into why. Mm. So in terms of his buy, he does have the round 12 buy, which is the first buy. In terms of queries and upside, so let's get into the nitty gritty here. So we all know what we're going to get from Fife. Champion player, but it's no secret his best years are behind him and durability issues just <laughs> just persist year after year now. It's almost just yeah. death taxes and Fife getting injured. Um, so having played an average of, of 12 games over the past three years, that kind of just underlines his injury issues, really. So 12 games over three years, it's it's not good at all. But injury issues aside, Frio have confirmed he will spend a lot more time up forward, which will uh, have a negative impact on his, uh, his scoring output because it's going to lower his ceiling and limit yeah. his overall ability to make cash uh, as a stepping stone to a more assured premium, which is, I guess, how many should be viewing him as. He's, he's not going to be a keeper. Um, I can't see him elevating himself to the days of old, especially when he's playing up forward. Um, and then you've got the um, the spectre of uh, injury as well hanging over his head. Yeah. But there's also the recruitment of Amira uh, at Frio, which means that Frio even more so don't have to rely on Fife in the engine room as they did in the past. I mean, Mundy isn't there now, now but um, they've had Will Brody, who may get more time on ground. Uh, he was limited uh, throughout the year in 2022. He may get more CBAs. Uh, and then Amira just plug and play, jumps straight into Frio's engine room. So in terms of verdict for me, I'm going to be bypassing Fife. He was one of the first selected just purely based off off name and then I had just instant flashbacks like you know, the uh, the classic the classic meme of the dog like with a cupcake in front of his face and it's like frozen cuz it's got flashbacks and like <laughs> numb. That's me like flashing back to having yeah. Fife year after year and it actually worked in my favor one year where a lot of people were training him in when he was coming back from injury. I bypassed him. He got injured a couple of games later and I was ahead of the pack in that uh, yeah. that case there. So I think I'm just going to be learning from past mistakes in that uh, that sense there. And I think, yeah, even though spending more time forward is going to be kinder on his body and he may play a few more games than what we expect him to um, and he might go against uh, what his durability may dictate. I just can't trust him and prefer to spend that cash elsewhere. And I'm going to play this as a bit of an antipod, if that makes sense. So if he proves yes. a popular selection, yep. I'm going to be going against the grain and uh, hoping that it gives me a leg up over the rest of the competition. So if he's if he's owned by over 50% of the competition, if he gets injured, has a downer, doesn't fulfill his average that we expect him to, that's going to give me a leg up over at least half the competition. So try and yep. find those little ways uh, from the uh, from the get-go, from the starting line, to try and give a leg up Um to yourself over the rest of the competition. So that's that's the strategy I'm going to take, I think. Yeah. The one caveat to him being injury prone that I will say is if you're going to start, if you're going to play him, start him because you're only wasting one trade mm. on him if he does get injured. Yep. Um, don't trade him in. So don't trade him in basically is what I'm saying because you're going to have to trade him back out. Um, so if you think he's going to start well, um, you think he's going to make you some cash, as Damon said, or you can trade him out at round 12 having made his cash um, for someone who's – you know, coming off their buy the next week or or whatever, um, then that's probably what I would be looking to do. But I wouldn't be trade. I would if if you don't start him, I wouldn't trade him in because I just think 
it's too fraught with danger. It's two trades, two trades yeah. you're gonna waste on waste on Fifey. Um, I agree with you. And looking at um at uh the free at Frio's had three match sims type scenarios, um, I wanna say. Um, and they've had the same eight players in their starting midfield each each time. Um, and that has been Luke Jackson, Andy Brayshaw, Matty Johnson, Will Brody, and then on the other side, Sean Darcy, Caleb Sarong, Neil Erasmus, and Jaeger O'Meara. So, like it's it's been said, he's going to be in the mid uh, in the forward line, but you yep. really can't see him breaking into the midfield either. So I can't see much upside for him, as you said. I think it's 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 a weird one. He's got huge value, but not as much upside, I think, as some other players. It's, 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 yeah, he's not. He he was in my side, but I think I'm leaning towards what you've said as well. Is that he can be a bit of an antipod because I just I worry I worry about mm-hmm. Fife and and his his limited ceiling. I think he'll have due to being in the forward line, or his limited maybe he's probably gonna have a lower floor. Um, mm-hmm. he might still have a ceiling, but also just his injury history um scares me off. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to probably another player that should probably yeah be. Slightly scary with some uh, things that have come out uh, in terms of uh, yeah off field, uh, and that is yeah. Taron Thomas two ninety five point seven k. And I say scary just because if you've got him on your side, he you you don't know what's going to happen really. Um, in terms of value, he does have a three year average of sixty four, and is priced at an average of fifty three point seven, which would indicate that he is underpriced. In terms of buy, uh, he has the round fifteen buy, which is the the final buy, and. Queries and upside is while he does appear to be underpriced, I guess the major caveat with this is his averages in each of his four seasons. Uh, he's had 62.6, 54, 54 on the dot, 84.4 and 53.7. His season in 2022 was obviously affected by some off-field issues um, and injury, which did curtail his scoring. Uh, with the new coach, though, in, in Clarko, um, there'll be questions over his role, role, especially considering he was trialed in the back line in, re- in North's recent match sim. Uh, Luke McDonald also today did provide some comments in his press conference that did say, and did say that Thomas will move um, from the midfield to defence. So you'd expect that role in the back line will be his, which, I mean, there's questions about whether that's positive for him as well. Can he, can he play that role and will he score well? Um, also has recently been embroiled in more controversy, and this is what I'm touching on, um, as to whether this affects his season having been charged with a single count of threatening to distribute an intimate image that follows driving with a suspended license. So, um, yeah, I guess, is there going to be any club sanctions around that? Will he miss some games? So, yeah, just a scary one to probably start or have in your side at the minute, just not knowing whether or not he he starts the season or or how that sort of impacts his scoring. Uh, In terms of verdict, um, there is a watch and see, I think, and a potential pod um, probably given – his recent off-field issues and at his price point, he does sit very awkwardly. Is is that really bad price? It's the same as Fife, I'd almost say. In anyone around that 300k mark, it's hard to go up to anyone because you're gonna have to find cash. And then you're really having to downgrade to a rookie. Um and there's probably a big drop off in potential scores there as well. So if he does fail to fire, especially if he does have low ownership, it's going to hurt you a lot more than the rest of the competition. So He's probably one, yeah, I'd really have to wait and see. I'd want to see what he looks like in that defensive role um, as well. Yeah, it makes me wonder in terms of, like it's pleasing as well, reports coming out that he's he's actually performing well on the match sims and whatnot. And Luke McDonald's mm. there has confirmed that he's going to be moving into the into the defense. It makes me wonder like how does that impact 
both himself, Luke McDonald, in that role on defense, yeah. Aaron Hall as well. Um, like, Can't are they going to try and – Yeah, Zebel as well. Like, are they yeah. going to rotate them through or is – so, like, there's still that question in my mind that, you know, all off-field issues aside – is he going to have a consistent role in defense? And if he does, then I'd probably be willing to take a punt on him. Um, mm. If he's, if his scoring does see an uptick to, you know, what was it three years ago, maybe where he had a bit of a breakout. Yeah. 84. Absolutely killed it. Or two years ago, maybe. 4.4. Yeah. Um, so if you could reach those heights again, as a playing cash cow, geez, you are, uh, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone else better than that around about yeah. that price. But apart the from the likes of Hopper, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was also the player last year that we were all talking about that we thought was, mm. you know, ready ready for the breakout. Um, so he's, he's sort of around that age as well, I think. So hopefully yeah. hopefully puts it all together this year. Yep. But, yeah, that, there's a worry there with the off-field issues. Like yeah, I know last know. year struggled as well, but there was more mental, mental health-related stuff, and this is obviously a bit different to that, uh, what's come out now. But if it does go through the courts and if he is found guilty, then you'd think then – like and only then that the club's going to sanction him um, with yeah. a sp- suspended license. Again, once it goes for the courts and stuff, they may give him a slap on the wrist. But the other charge is a little bit more serious, I think, in the context anyway. They're both pretty serious. But um, wait and see for both of those. But, yeah, I'm, I'm considering him at that price, um, especially after we spoke about five. I'd probably prefer in terms of taking a gamble, I'd prefer to take a gamble on Taron Thomas over, over five. That's for sure. Mm, yeah, I agree there. Uh, of the two... Taron Thomas probably presents as a better option, um, yep. weirdly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, strangely. They've both got so many knocks in there yeah. on them, but yeah. Anyway, in terms of role, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in terms of role, like role is better for Taron Thomas um, yeah. as opposed to what Fife's got, obviously. Um, age profile, more yeah. in, in favour of Thomas, obviously. So there's a few things when you weigh them up against each other that Taron Thomas comes out on top, um, but yeah. I mean, Fife has won a couple of Brownlows and he's a champion player. So there's that as well. Um, <laughs> but let's point. move on to, yeah, that's a good point. That kind of like wipes everything else out. Um, but let's move on to uh, all things rookies. And there are a few juicy options here. There are mm-hmm. uh, mature age uh, options here. They're not just, you know, pure first year rookies. Um, so this, I reckon, is an area of everyone's teams that's really going to differ um, from coach to coach. So starting off with Oscar Allen, and I really like the, uh, the cut of this guy's jib. Um, mm. he's priced at two ten point two K. Uh, and he, I think in my mind, he presents great value and great upside. He's got the round 15 buy, which is the fourth buy. Um, and then running through his queries and upside. So he does return from a season long foot issue that kept him out for the entirety of 2022. And he averaged 63.6 and 78.6 in 2021 and 2020. Um, so he has a little, nice little average there as uh, potentially a playing cash cow if he can recapture uh, those averages and is being touted to step into the vacancy left by uh, JJK, that is Josh Kennedy, up forward. But can the Eagles improve enough on field overall as a team to provide him with mm. consistent scoring given they were the second lowest scoring team in 2022? So if he is playing as a pure forward and we know over the course of his career, he's been played in the ruck, he's been played in defense at stage, he's been played up forward. So if he is being played predominantly as a key forward with, you know, pinch hitting in the ruck uh, when the um, when the ball uh, is in the forward line for stoppages, uh, yeah, it, it kind of paints a little bit of a, a worrisome picture when you look at it from a team context, but mm. should delve a little bit further because he only scored above a hundred once in 21 games in 2021, which is uh, again, worrying enough, but 
If you view him as a pure cash cow, he is an attractive option. Has pinch hit in the ruck at times, like I mentioned historically, and he had the third most ruck attendances in 2021 for the Eagles, which, um, you know, playing that role potentially nets him a couple of extra points, which is uh, always a bonus. And in terms of the overall verdict, you know, he's, he's got 100% job security if fully fit, no doubt about that. So that's a tick. And as a cash cow, he will make you money. That's a tick. But as a playing cash cow, as a pure tall forward, his scoring is going to be erratic, I think. So he's one to consider if he is fit. Um, when we talk about um, playing cash cow um, capabilities, talking about him alongside these other guys that we're going to be talking about, it's always best to view them as to what their peak average has been historically mm. across their career um, to try and give you a little bit. I mean, it's not going to be 100% accurate, obviously, but to give you a bit of a snapshot as to what their ceiling can be in terms of overall average. And that'll give you a better idea as to how much money making they can give you as a bit of a cash cow. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think that's that's the only way you can really um, assess them. I don't mind him. I agree. It's it's tough. He's high priced, but yeah, high priced is probably the main concern for me. But as you said, I'd expect that he does get that nice, like has that has that drop security, which is good. Um, another one to consider from my mob, and I am very excited about this. Mm. It is Anthony McDonald Tippin Woody, two hundred nine point six k coming back out of retirement, very short retirement. Yeah. Um, didn't like it. Yeah, didn't like it. Had to get back to the footy club. Yeah. Uh, being on. He, he missed um, you uh, cheering him on. That's what it was. Exactly. He was just like, yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, he was actually doing a, um, a like a tour around Australia, caravan tour, um, and I think he was either, I think he was a week behind, mum and dad, my mum and dad were doing the same thing and he was like a week behind them. So it was oh, like, wow. dad was, yeah, dad was always like, oh, we were here. And then like a week later, I'd see a picture of like Tiff and Woody on Instagram <laughs> at the same place. And I was like, wow. Um, yeah. So Just then like, I should hold up. up play and be like, yeah, he was like, wait and go with him. <laughs> can, you, can you like stay an extra day in one of, one of your locations and then wait for him to catch up? Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. But leaving like breadcrumbs behind them, like a trailer. <laughs> Come and follow me, Tipper. And then you'd be oh. there waiting. Waiting like, like the yes. leprechaun with a pot of gold <laughs> at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> a creepy oh, leprechaun at that. You're like, are you going to sign back up? Are you going to come on? Yeah. Uh, I, I was just there recruiting you, let's be honest. You had there with uh, a contract, like in a yeah, pen, yeah. just signing the dotted line, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually you that got him over the line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't take any cut. Didn't take any cut. Uh, anyway, uh, value is good value and probably some great upside there. Uh, has the buy in round 14, which is the third buy. Uh, in terms of queries and upside, returned to the club after retiring in 2022, much to Liam's delight. Uh, fitness is obviously the big query for uh, Waller, but if he can find his way back into the lineup, uh, he does feel that need as a small forward. So the opportunities are there, especially uh, probably while the Davy twins develop. Um, I think Jaden particularly is the small forward. I think uh, Orland Jr. probably plays plays as a forward. Um, but he's more of a mid, plays more through the midfield. I think the other off issues, not issues, but you've also got Jai Menzies, who's been playing really well mm. this mid uh, preseason or training really well. And Tex Wanganine, who could also fill that role. I think if Waller's fit, he's the first choice. Like I think mm. he's got the runs on the board. He's a mature body. He should be able to fit the role. I haven't got any clue as to whether he's probably match fit. Um, or would be likely to line up in round one. So, yeah, I'm not sure. It's, he's a really interesting one in terms of that. Um, once he is match fit, though, I think his job security should be pretty solid. 
in terms of verdict, I think is is a good pick because he has a he has a bit of a flaw for a for a um a relatively good flaw for a small forward considering he does have a lot of tackling um ability and a focus on tackling. But obviously his scoring output is going to be reliant on goals. He's sort of one of those low possessions, high impact players. So he doesn't necessarily translate well for super coach. He could make you some cash. Um, but consistency is always going to be a big query um, if you're playing him on field as a small forward. Um, so watch over the preseason. I think I'm going to be honest. My gut feel is he probably doesn't play round one though. But there's absolutely nothing in that other than just <laughs> gut feel. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard, as, isn't it, as well? Like coming back from – like we presented the same question with Liam Jones, like being out for a full yeah. season. Like how is he going to come back in terms of match conditioning, match fitness – um, so the same question should be asked of, uh, of Tipper as well. Um, yeah. yeah. And like you said, there was a bit of, there's a bit of competition there potentially. So, yeah. uh, there's no guarantee that they're going to just lean on him even if he's not fit. So yeah. But, but, but having said that, if he is around one goer, will you be tempted to put him in oh. your side? Yes. Well, he's an awkward, he's not an awkward price. He's just very highly priced. I would I'm just trying to look at my team now to see whether I'd, I'd probably have to move someone around to actually fit him in. So yeah, okay. probably not. Um, I'd have, it'll depend on the other rookies and how they're named, obviously. Um, yep. But at this stage, I probably wouldn't be able to afford him unless I could skimp somewhere else, basically. His, his averages actually aren't too bad. Looking at him in terms of being a cash cow, um, from 2016 to 2021, he's had an average of 72, 73, 67, 75, 68, and 63. Round, round it up. Um, I just don't want to go through the decimal points. But, yeah, like you think they're around about a high 60s thereabouts, yeah, um, not pushing bad. 70s across his yeah. career. So not too bad. If he was a bit of a cash cow at that price point, um, yeah, you could probably afford to um, to do it. Yeah, yeah, mm. you're tempting me now. Him. Might have to I'll move some players around. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a think about him. But there's another guy as well, which uh, was his former teammate. And oh. um, uh, by the way, I, I did, I did, <laughs> I didn't gloss over the fact that you referred to yourself in third person. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I was waiting for you. We just said it was Liam's favorite. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and I'm tipping <laughs> Liam. To, to potentially choose him if he if he is selecting around one. Um, but this other guy, his former teammate, which uh, which you don't like, one of BT's favourites, of course. What's his first name? Aratio. It's Aratio Fantasia. Or however he says I'm, say, I'm, not, I'm not against him. I don't, You're I don't against dislike him. Okay. At home. I'm okay with that. No, but yeah. I just don't, I'm not picking him. I don't like, I don't like, like him as a pick, personally. As, as in, like, you say he went home like Happy Gilmore says to the ball when, when he's like, <laughs> on the, it's on the edge of the hole. Oh, why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. That was what I was, I was screaming at him from the sidelines. <laughs> you go home. <laughs> You're too good for Essendon. Oh. Uh, yes, that might be a Photoshop job right there. Um, <laughs> but Arazio Fantasia is priced at 203.3K. So in terms of value, he comes in priced at around about an average of 45 with a three-year mm -hmm. average of 58.6. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of that, he's underpriced, but uh, for his role and um, injury history, mm. yeah, there's, a, there's a big risk. There's a big risk, I think, there. Um, in terms of his buy, he's got the round 15 buy, which is, of course, the fourth one. And then in terms of queries and upside, so he did miss the entire 2022 season due to injury. And his injury history is probably his biggest query. 
Uh, he's failed to play a full season in his nine-season career. A mm. full season. Mm. Jeez, he's, he's struggling. Mm. And likewise, you know, the question remains, is he actually in Port's best 2020, best 22 in best, I've written 2022 here. Is he in Port's best 2020? Again. Is, he in Ports, <laughs> is he in Port's best 22? I've seen a few people on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't in 2022 because he wasn't playing. Oh, yeah, in 2023. Oh, my God, here we go. Yeah. Uh, so you'd think he would be as they'd need a small forward and recent comments from Ken Hinckley would suggest so too. And the final query is really around his scoring ability. His last three seasons played, he's averaged 61.5, 56.2 and a 57.9. So wouldn't really expect big scores from Arazio, but it could be a, a serviceable rookie with decent job security, potentially in brackets. For the verdict, he's definitely, I think, a wait and see. Need to see whether he actually makes uh, the round one team and uh, whether he makes it there without injury also. So, yeah, I think, yeah. I, think I wrote that. That was a bit harsh on myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. We're channeling your your uh, anti Aratio Fantasia. I'm not anti. I'm just, I'm, probably, <laughs> I, I'm only anti him in terms of super coach. Like, I'm not looking at him at okay. all. Okay. I'll take a read for it. Injury history. His just his injury history, like, it's... and the fact that he turns his back, turned his back on Essendon. That's another one. No, uh, I'm not that. That doesn't bother me. I just think no, I've I'm never had an issue with Fantasia. Yeah, and her on the other hand, I don't talk about it. <laughs> um, but Fantasia, yeah, no, I just think his injury history is his biggest concern. He hasn't played a full. It's it's. I'd say he's worse than five. Like he has never yeah. played a full yep. full season. Spot on. I want to say he's getting on, but he's like he's you know he's a bit older. Didn't play last season. It probably feels a need, but yeah, I'm not. Not too sure on him. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but moving on to number one pick. Number one, was he number one pick? Yeah. Yeah, Aaron number Kappen. one overall, yeah. 207.3K. GWS traded up to get him as well. A man in demand. Yeah, very, very high uh, demand, but uh, probably not so much in demand in Supercoach. Uh, his value uh, is probably low considering his uh, his role and his high price, and he has some probably pretty shaky upside really. Uh, has the buy in round 15, which is the final buy. And in terms of careers and upsides, he does come in as the highest priced rookie being the number one pick. And as a key position forward, his scoring upside is going to be very limited from the outset. Uh, you'd think before even factoring in that it's a first year player in a giant side that you would expect to struggle in 2023. So there's a lot of crosses there. Uh, mm. You'd think that given the Giants' lack of quality, I guess, in terms of forwards, that Cadman should be given ample opportunity to play a decent number of games. But yeah, I would, wouldn't expect much from him just because he is that key position forward. Um, mm. And probably why his price point doesn't make him an attractive option. Uh, in terms of verdict though, as I'm sure it comes to no surprise based off what I've been saying, uh, you've really got to monitor him over the preseason, but unless he looks like he's going to have an absolute blinder, I just don't think he's worth forking out the dollars for, I think. 207.3k you'd be better off you know two extra k and you're getting a tip and woody if he starts mm-hmm. uh an extra sort of 10-ish k 8k and you're getting an oscar allen uh sorry 2k and you're getting an extra oscar 3k you're getting oscar allen um i think there's better options or you can go down and probably much better options um with some other guys that we're going to talk about shortly yep but yeah totally agree in terms of cadman um you might get opportunity limited ceiling first year player as we know key position players usually have a tendency to take a little bit longer than the smaller counterparts mm. to have an impact. So, yeah, he is a pass for me, absolutely. Uh, moving on to uh, – here we go. This is 
Former Don, another former Don, Aaron Francis. Uh, he's priced at 189.4K. Uh, and he's priced in terms of value, priced at an average of around about 43. Uh, and he does have a three-year average of 53. So he started 2022 priced at uh, 306.8K. And he comes in at a discount of 117.4K this season. Mm. So uh, you're getting him at an absolute bargain price. There's a few queries, obviously. Uh, his buy, though, is round 12, um, first buy. And he does come to a new club in the form of Sydney, and that's what catches the eye. Luke Parker said he has been training as an interceptor uh, in that defensive role. And Liam, do you have anything mm. to say about this? I'll let you take over here because uh, you've done a little bit of research on Anira Exton. Yeah. And <laughs> knowing probably more well-versed than me. Yeah. His... I mean, yeah, the interceptor role is his best role. I mean, all everything aside, um, I don't quite understand why we never played him as much through there and tried to persist with him as a forward, which he never really was. Um, mm. I think the main query for him surrounds whether he's going to be best 22 for the Swannies. Um, he does play that interceptor role quite well. And there, whether he can lift his average enough to make some cash I think he should make some cash. He's priced pretty cheap, uh, but he's historically had pretty consistent averages ranging um, from 43 to 64, other than one out of the box year in 2018, where he did play five games and averaged 80.8. And I think there was a big, there was two big scores in there. Um, although the shining light with regards to that season in 2018, where he did score average at 80.8 was that he was playing as that intercepting defender role. So there is opportunity there the question i would have is do the swans play the mccartans and francis how does he fit it's yeah. gonna be a very very big back tall back line with not a heap of speed like it's not like you've got a player that's tall that's like you know a player that can play sort of tall is tall but can play small um yeah. or play that quick role um so really for me in terms of verdict is a wait and see as as i would say for all the rookies um, and probably for all these yeah, plays that we're going to talk about next. But um, if he is in the best 22 for the Swans, I think his role probably shapes up to being decent enough, but I'd want mm. to see it before I went went for him. Um, at his price, he's obviously going to have to make more than a normal rookie, but I think if he has that role, I think he'll be he'll be capable of that. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the same boat in terms of just just to watch and see. Um, yeah. He's kind of, yeah, he's, it's very uh, reminiscent of Paddy McCartan for Sydney last year. Uh, yeah, Around about exactly. that price point. Um, but, yeah, the, the main query is, yeah, how is he going to fit into Sydney's defence? Yeah, so the big question mark is his role. But it is pleasing, though, as you mentioned there, that in that role as an intercept defender, he averaged an 80.8 in it was a small snapshot of five games. But there is something at least to go on there. So uh, keep a watch on him. But let's move on to uh, a popular selection, no doubt, uh, and it is Toby McLean. He's priced at 178.9K, and he does present high value and high upside. Uh, and we'll get into the reasons why shortly. He does have the round 15 buy, which is the fourth buy. So the luckless dog has battled two ACL injuries in as many years. So his durability remains the big and most obvious question. Historically, he has shown he can average well when fit and playing in the midfield. Uh, which was 85.5 in 2017 and a career high of 94.7 in 2018 with an average of 111 in his first 10 games of that season. 
Uh, his average then dropped to 70 and 68.2 in 2019 and 2020 as the dogs started to sort of pigeonhole him as a bit of a, a bit of a pressure forward, yeah. unfortunately. In 2020, when McLean played 12 games, he had only fleeting moments in the midfield with an average of just 2% combined, spending time up forward instead. He played just the one game in 2022, which was the elimination final, and actually punched out a uh, 100 on the dot. Yeah. Super coach points playing as a high half forward off 21 disposals and nine tackles. And yeah, it's obvious the big upside is the departure of, of Dunkley and Hunter uh, as the two that have left two big vacancies in the once overcrowded engine room and across, across the wing. So the question remains, could McLean shift back into one of those spots that he did have um, back in 2018 and 2017 when he actually scored um, those nice averages of 85.5 and 94.7. And in terms of his price point, he only actually has to average 60 to go up around about 100K as a cash cow, which is pleasing as he hasn't averaged below 65 in his career to date. So in terms of the overall summary and verdict for me, even though he's an obvious risk with injury um, coming off the two ACL injuries consecutively, I think he's almost a must pick if he's confirmed best 22 even if he doesn't spend as much time in the middle as we'd hoped he Mm. should be able to push the average of 60 in order to make us bulk cash which at the end of the day is the main thing but i think the potential for his ceiling to elevate to the 85.5 94.7 range he could potentially be i'm going to call it early he could potentially be a will brody of 2023 similar price point round about that range comes in not to a new team, but comes back into the team almost as a new player, could go into an, you know, an old slash new role um, and elevate his ceiling. So I'm, I'm really bullish on him. I don't know about you, Liam. What do you think? Yeah, the fact that he only has to score average 60 to go up by 100K and he has an average below 65 in his career to date, that's what tips that, – that's what that, – that makes him a really, as you said, a pretty much a confirmed best uh, – a, a confirmed starter in your side. Um, that's a big stat and I can't see why he wouldn't get up closer to that 70, 80 at the very least, um, based off that. Um, cause also at that price he's easy to downgrade to a, to a lower priced rookie if something does happen. So I mm. think you've got that balance of it. It sort of works out nicely if there, if there is a concern with injury. Moving on to, uh, Ben King, 176.3 K, uh, has, uh, in terms of value, has good value and has some good upside as well. Uh, has the round 13 buy, which is the second one, uh, which is only shared by Geelong. And in terms of careers and upside, he did have his 2022 wiped out, unfortunately, due to an ACL injury. So how he's able to adjust in his return is obviously going to be a big watch and see. There is no doubting his job security, uh, but can he average enough to justify him as a cash cow selection? In terms of averages across 2021 to 2019, he averaged 53.4, 55.6, and 41.4. So he isn't going to be one that you want to necessarily have on field, especially given his scoring will no doubt fluctuate wildly as a key position forward. But like McLean, if he can maintain his average of 55 to 60, he can push the 75 to 100K mark in price appreciation. The big difference, obviously, is going to be his wild scoring um, fluctuations, which could make him a slow burn, um, and you are forced to hold him for a little bit longer thus slowing your rate of upgrading, um, which is probably the big concern for me. Um, equally, though, if he has a couple of big games, he could, you know, go up in price quite quickly and then you just have to cut your losses. And Sorry, mm-hmm. well, not cut your losses, but almost 
you know, make hay while the sun shines and get him out. But also obviously has that lower scoring ceiling, which does mean that his total price rise will be capped, which would be different, I guess, to McLean in that sense. For me, probably presents as a decent enough cash cow who has that job security, which is good. Um, I think he'll be probably a popular pick if he if he um, shows something, especially across the preseason. But I think the slow burn nature of it does mean that you're going to have to have some patience for him or opt for someone else. And I probably am going to opt for someone else um, yeah. personally. Um, I might try and budget for him just in case other rookies don't eventuate. But, yeah, I think I'd rather someone else um, just because he's, he's a key position forward. Yeah, I'm very similar to you as well. Like we touched on it just just before with McLean. You've almost, in order to differentiate yourself, or differentiate all the cash cows from each other, you have to rank them in terms of who's going to make the most cash first and foremost, and then who's going to make cash at a relatively quick rate. Because if it's slow, if they're a slow burn, it actually, as you mentioned there, it slows up your ability to upgrade your team mm. quicker than other teams in Supercoach, which gives you a leg up. So... You've almost got it. It's hard to predict, obviously, but you can do it around their role, um, potential upside, and yeah, I mean, as a key position player, he's going to have those those ebbs and troughs. But he could have a blinder, which then catapults his uh, his cash generation, you know, into a quicker uh, spiral, I guess. But yeah, it's something to think about. Let's move on to Asava Radigalia. Bit of an unknown, but like this this dude. Where has he been? <laughs> um, he's priced at one seventy four. K on the dot, and he is actually selectable as a ruck forward. In terms of value, he's yeah, not bad value in comparison to uh, the other guys around about this price point, and he presents okay upside, but a bit of an unknown upside at this stage. Uh, he does have the round 13 buy, which is the second buy overall, and he played the first three games of um, 2022 and then battled with injury, then struggled to break back into the Cats' eventual premiership lineup. Port did offer during the trade period pick 33, for him, but the Cats ultimately chose to keep him given he showed promise playing as a defender in the VFL uh, after he struggled with form playing up forward and in the ruck. So very similar to like a Liam Jones uh, when he crossed over from the Dogs to Carlton. They played him in defense in the VFL, was a revelation, and then turned his career around. So could the same thing be happening here with Radigalia? You know, could potentially be a similar sort of trajectory? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, with the quality of tools, this is the big, big query. With the quality of tools already lining Geelong's defense, I think the only way he's going to find his way into their side is by waiting for an injury before he actually gets a look in. So for me, he's one to watch, but if he doesn't get a game in round one, it's a fair bit of money to have marooned in your bench, not knowing when he's going to get a look in. So for me, he's a pass for now, but uh, there is a bit of an unknown quantity there. Um, Like Liam Jones, like Paddy McCartan, Forward thrown into defense um, could unearth a bit of a gem here. Could be a diamond in the rough. But for me, I haven't seen enough at this stage anyway to warrant picking him, especially at that price point. Yeah, I agree. I want to see the preseason, see where he's lining up, see how he um, – see if he's looking like he's going to be best 22 and then you need to see him named before mm. um, you went for him. It's too much cash to have on the bench, way too much cash. But as you said, a bit of a diamond in the rough potentially, which mm. – Juicy, juicy, juicy. Moving on to the next guy, and it's a, a true rookie, um, which we did speak about in the mids episode. So I'll just touch on very, very briefly, and it is Mateus Philippou, um, obviously mid-forward eligible. Um, probably one that you'd probably be more likely to put into the forward line than the mids, but I think we did touch mm-hmm. on in the mid-episode just because we are uh, just wanted to... Uh... 
Try not to add yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That was a, that was a action-packed one. Um, that was a big episode. Uh, in terms of value, obviously higher-priced rookie as a first year, but upside is definitely there. I think it, this is where I'm sort of leaning towards. You look at like a Ryder Galea and there's a lot of question marks. You'd expect mm. Philippou would start the season. Obviously, that's one of the big questions. Um, we'll have to touch on a bit closer to the start of the season as well. But that's probably the main question query. And then the other query really is role. Is he playing more as a forward? Is he going to get time through the middle? Um, watch and see, especially with uh, Ross the boss. Just don't know what's going to happen. But I, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the pick. Um, he's in my side currently, but uh, yeah, I have to wait and see. Might might make way depending on how yeah teams look like they're shaping up. Yep, totally agree on all points there. And yeah, as you said, we'll touch on him a bit closer to the season kickoff as to where he is placed. Uh, moving on to another player, and it is this guy is almost up there with Bill Gould because we haven't seen him for years. Almost well, anyway, we've never seen Bill Gould. <laughs> that's, that's true. This guy I've seen a few times. It is David Cunningham of my mob at Carlton, priced at 163.8K. He is selectable as a mid-forward, which is um, a nice little bonus there. Presents good value and good upside if he can stay on the park. Uh, he has a round 15 buy, which is the fourth buy. And with this guy, durability uh, goes without saying is a major concern. Mm. Missed all of last season with a knee injury, but prior to that had calf and hip complaints, which have just stalled his career, um, limiting him to just 41 games in seven season, which over 2019 and 2021, he had an average of eight games played. So yeah. that just kind yeah, of okay. paints the picture there. Has had very limited stints in the middle uh, with the club more so preferring him as a pressure forward where he's actually shown a fair bit of promise in the past. And he has averaged a 66.4, 56.5 and a 79.3 from 2019 to 2021. So uh, not too bad, potentially, as a bit of a uh, you know mature age cash cow. In terms of the verdict, could be a handy cash cow if he stays fit, uh, but durability perhaps too big of an issue, I think, for me. Yep. I don't like it, personally. Yep. Um, again, you're paying up for him and you're not getting – you're not getting – well, you're not getting guaranteed – Best twenty two, but you're also not getting guaranteed. Mm. He's he's have he's got he's got injury history. It's a bit different to the likes of say a Ben King, who mm. has had sort of the one major injury that's seen him this year. Um, but having a player that's averaged just eight games um, a year, but for for three years, um, that's that's a concern for me. Um, so probably not one that I'm really looking at unless he has an absolute blinder um, in the preseason and, and it forces me into to considering him. Uh, moving on uh, to Josh Bruce, 161.2K. Uh, in terms of value, has good value and great upside. Uh, has the buy in round 15, which is the final buy round. And in terms of queries and upside, after recovering from a knee injury, um, Bruce made his way back into the Dogs' best 22 to play five of the last six games where he averaged just 36.6. Did average 66.9 from 20 games in 2021, which is probably his scoring ceiling. Um, would reportedly also fill the spot vacated by Shaki, either in defence or up forward. But I think with all reports now suggesting that he will be playing a gay, uh, playing a role in the back line where he did first start his career. Um, so will we see, I guess, something like a, um, like a, as you said, McCartan or a Liam Jones where, you know, he really does sort of spike his scoring a bit. Um, obviously 
with the new role, job security and fitness um, are both an issue. Um, and you'd expect his scoring will fluctuate crazily no matter where the, where he plays, if that is in defence or as a forward, because he's going to be playing more as that key position player. Um, either way, you'd expect him to make money just how much and how quickly, and provided he that, that's provided he can cement a role in the best 22 after the ACL injury in 2021. Yep. No, he's a, he's a watch and see there. See how he fits back into the potentially new role in defense. He's got Liam Jones there, a little bit of competition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who knows? Just, just a wait and see there. Uh, but let's jump down to some uh, true rookies in this sense. And it is headlined by Jacob Van Ruin. Uh, of Melbourne, priced at 123.9K, presents great value and great upside, has around 14 buy, and there's massive wraps on this young forward from Melbourne, and many think he could actually be in line for a senior debut early on and as early as round one. Kicks 36 goals from 18 VFL games in 2022 and has even been played in defence, so actually provides a little bit of flexibility uh, if need be, like a bit of a young version of Tom McDonald potentially. Yeah. Has a bit of competition in the form of Shaki coming into the team, but uh, with the ageing Brown and McDonald each spending time outside the best 22, it's not a uh, stretch to think he could actually be ushered in as the next in line to take the tall forward mantle. So in terms of the verdict, he's a big watch. If he comes with a short job security, if he gets the game in round one, you would uh, you would almost swallow the potential slow cash generation that he may may bring because he's going to, in comparison to another key position forward in uh, in Ben King, he's coming at a discount of around about what 50, 60k or 50, yeah. 50k thereabouts. So um, nice little bit of savings there. So if push comes to shove, I'd be opting for Jacob Van Ruin over uh, over Ben King. But having said that, he's uh, he's a second year player and. Uh, yeah, who knows if he's actually going to be in the team longer term. But if he starts in round one, it's a good sign. Agreed. Agreed. I think main concern, yeah, is obviously his key position forward status, but also um, whether he is cementing himself in the best 22. Uh, but I feel like a lot of Melbourne supporters have been talking like he will be. Like I think mm. from what I've seen on Twitter, Melbourne supporters seem to think he will be in their best 22 and probably would get an early debut. Um, so, I mean... Obviously, they're not selecting the side, but they probably have a little bit more um, yeah. knowledge around their side than I do. Um, so hopefully he is. And as you said, <laughs> if I'm having to choose between a Ben King or a um, Josh Bruce or someone else that's a, a rookie-priced uh, key position forward, I want to go for the lowest cost one because they're going to have mm. the most upside in terms of scoring um ability or not scoring gen. ability but the cash gen sorry um yep. for a similar probably scoring output that you'd expect now moving on to another key position forward uh it just feels like this is all we're going to get from here on out uh <laughs> 123.9k shannon neal from the from the cats uh value is great value uh, and good upside buy in round 13 which is the second buy he has long been touted as the successor to hawkins and may get an early debut due to the Tomahawk recovering from injury and I think surgery as well. Um, mm. Of course, as a key position forward, as we have stated ad nauseum in this episode, his scoring ceiling will be limited. And longer term, there have to be doubts over his spot in a side coming off a premiership and with uh, Hawkins also due to return. But uh, hey, DeConning kept his spot after impressing. So uh, mm, true. there's uh, 
you never know. Chris Scott might have yep. changed his ways and be looking to play the play the play the kids. Yeah. Uh, in terms of verdict, uh, monitor very very closely. His rumblings are he could play round one, but if he is in and then straight out of the side, he won't be worthy of a selection as a cash cow. So it largely depends on when Hawkins is due back. So yeah, I'd I'd be looking at both Shannon Neal and Tom Hawkins when you're considering Shannon Neal in your side. Uh, very much so. Totally agree there. Uh, one to watch, no doubt. Uh, moving on to the last option that we have here as a rookie, and it is Matthew Ellison, priced at 123.9K. Presents, uh, yeah, great value like the other guys, same price point, and okay upside because there's a little bit of an unknown as well on him. Uh, in terms of the buy, he's got the round 12 buy, and um, he's actually his name's been banded about. Uh, in media reports in recent times during the preseason as a potential replacement for Max King up forward. By all reports, he actually played well enough in their match sim recently and impressed in their 3K time trial, finishing second behind Brad Hill. So that's a fair mm, effort. Decent effort. Uh, yeah, big uh, endurance athlete is a tall bloke. But uh, with without a senior game to his name, there is uncertainty as whether he fits into the Saints' best 22 at all, let alone longer term once Max King returns if he does get a game early on. So in terms of the verdict, he's one to watch, no doubt, over the preseason, like all these rookies, <laughs> but probably too many unknowns at this stage otherwise. Uh, I think longer term as a uh, as a cash cow. So for me, uh, even if he is named round one, I'd be uh, looking at, at when Max King returns because he's probably yeah. the first out um, once he does return. I feel like he has more surety now that Jack Hayes has gone down with injury. Like True. he's probably yep. a safer pick. When I say a safer pick, I mean short term. Um, yep. I don't know how long Max King is due to be out for. Um, but, yeah, he's probably one that feels a little bit safer than maybe a um, Shannon Neal. I don't know what that's based off. It's just It just feels probably a little bit safer. I'd expect Max mm. King's probably going to be out for a bit longer than, than Tomahawk. Yeah. And, again, it's key position oh, – well, playing as a forward or a key position sort of forward role um, is going to limit his ceiling and limit his cash gen and make it a bit slower. So he really needs the longevity of playing to probably mm. make the most cash. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's actually played, uh, might be wrong here, but I think he's played a little bit in defense as well. But yeah, if that's the case, maybe it provides a little bit of flexibility and maybe provides a little bit more opportunity to play um, and it's not as reliant upon uh, playing up forward or there being a role there for him. But yeah, I think there's, there's so much to play out um, before the start of round one. So we'll keep you abreast of news as it comes in on him and all other rookies and players that we're, we've touched on in this episode. But that rounds us out for another action-packed episode, Liam. This means we've now analysed each of the defence midfield, rucks and forwards, but hopefully there's enough info there to feast your eyes and ears on as you construct your starting lineup. So Liam, what do we have on the horizon for our next preseason analysis episode? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next episode because we'll be chatting all things strategy, which is a bit of a mix up for what we normally do. Mm. Um, obviously, or the late last three or four episodes. Um, so that'll be, that'll be fun. And uh, I guess we'll run through some trade and upgrade strategies that you could you could adopt. We'll discuss how to best tackle the buys, how an extra buy adds yet another layer of complexity. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll also maybe talk about, um, you know, the use of the boosts, the trade boosts. Mm. Yeah, true. Um, now that we've had a season of it and how you might want to use it again and those for new players, how that works. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I'm excited. Yep. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, we've been uh, alluding to a couple of uh, starting strategies, uh, especially across the course of uh, episodes so far, which uh, you may have picked up on as well. Uh, yeah. And uh, we alluded to in the uh, the uh, previous episode with Rux, um, with a particular player, that uh, how you're going to be best utilizing him, Liam. So we could potentially use that as a bit of an example. Um, nothing's locked in at this stage, obviously. But um, yeah, there's many different ways that you can have your starting lineup um, and work that into your plans for trades as the season progresses. So uh, we'll be going to, into some depths on those and obviously the rest of the points as well. As always, if you're keen to join the discussion, we encourage you to do so by commenting below this video if you're watching us on YouTube. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to our channel because we're edging closer and closer to that 250 mark where we will give that do the giveaway. Or alternatively, you can shoot us your comments and questions via Twitter, which is at supercoach underscore edge at demoj88, or uh, you can hit up Liam, slide into his into his DMs, um, and it's the wrong handle I think I've put here, is it? Yeah, it oh, is Liam at it is. Liam Evans. I'm just going <laughs> to <the> <laughs> <laughs> I've tripped myself up. What an idiot. I've put it in there for you to do, and I've done it, and I've tripped myself up like I've tripped over my own shoelace. What an idiot. <laughs> and I watched you. I watched you do it as well. <laughs> yeah, you just watched me like rubbing your hands together like, yeah, boy. Uh, alternatively, you can hit us up on Facebook. Just search Supercoach Edge and you can follow us Ooh. and like our page there mm. and get updates as they're posted. And Instagram, you can just search us on Supercoach Edge. And then, of course, on TikTok. We'll be doing nice little reels there. Uh, what do you call them? TikToks, I guess. <laughs> feel like TikToks. an old man. <laughs> <laughs> or um, what are they called? I don't know what they would on be called. On YouTube? I don't know. These it's real shorts. stories. Shorts. Eat my shorts, as Bart would say. <laughs> so you can go onto YouTube and you can eat our collective shorts. Uh, you can eat up the content on there. Uh, but Liam, before we go too uh, delirious, we should probably sign off and uh, do it all it's again true. next week. So uh, we'll catch you guys, same time, same place. We'll uh, catch you then. All the best. See you guys. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.